This podcast is brought to you by Good Episode Productions. And it's not like just anyone can say that. Welcome to Desert Island Discord. <laughs> Wait, no, that's, the, that's not our podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Desert uh, Island Disclaimers. We are not Desert Island Discworld. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's a, a pretty good statement to make. Um, listen, we're we, ma- we are many things. We've taken on many identities throughout our short lives, but we are not Desert Island Discworld. <laughs> what, what I meant to say was, welcome to Who Watches the Watch. No, that you show uh, <laughs> where we're all high energy and having a good time. Yeah. No, you don't enter the podcast. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I think George should intro the podcast for once. I think we should like start like trading off the intros. I don't like this hierarchy. <laughs> what, what if I what if I did what if I did the uh, the synopsis as well and and did it really badly because I'd be very oh bad God. at that. Stage <laughs> I think that would be funny that you should do it. I, I personally just wouldn't hard. want to do the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing it's the synopsis. Hard. I don't want to do it's that. Hard. It's yeah. hard and it's hard to do. So you can do it if you want. Jazz to. is good at it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I would be upset if someone, like, took over the news segment in Isobab. So, like, I get it. Yeah. It's it's about, like, your understanding of yourself. You know, I was previously talking about identity. Yeah. And my identity is the person who introduces the podcast, who watches the watch, and once that's gone, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> yeah, am? well, this is how I feel whenever one of, whenever most of the Janos mentions that he's also had a look at Goodreads, and I'm like, <laughs> interesting, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's a website that's available for everyone, so I don't it see really why is. I shouldn't. Yeah, literally anybody can post anything they want on there. So and they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did it's look at a different website also today, but I'm not going to spoil it before we get there. Okay, I'm already annoyed, but sure. <laughs> is it TV trips? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was also in the Discord today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was in the I really only have like one thing that I noticed because mostly it's like uninteresting, but there's one like very funny bit in it. You know, I looked at the schedule and realized we were doing Small Gods next week. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, po- I pogged hard enough that I reached the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, because spoilers, I had like some issues with this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Especially like with the last third of it. I don't think it was very good, but I. I did like calm myself down or like make myself push through by reminding myself that the next book is going to be small gods. So interesting. It's about gods, which which is small. Yeah. I also have no idea like what to do for the intro music for small gods without doing an epic atheism, which I don't want to. <laughs> um, um, listeners, uh, <laughs> tell us what you think we should do. How about you have your f- five favorite Christopher Hitchens uh, moments with some <laughs> epic music behind them? What if we just had like choral, like singing, like you just put Han- Handel's Hallelujah on it, but then you re- what if it was you remix it with like hundred gecks? Mm. Yeah, what if it was Gregorian chants, but with like someone just saying the words small? <laughs> what if it was? What if it was music from every religion that you could find recorded music from? Uh-huh. All, all like mixed together at the same time. We'll be very listenable, oh. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, you have some like Sufi Kavali music and Gregorian chants at the same time. If I oh, put yeah. like every religion over each other, that will also like have a statement about how ooh, aren't all religions the same? But I also don't want oh, to make a statement that like Catholicism is best. Uh, what so. if it? <laughs> what if you played Imagine? 
Okay. <laughs> Imagine oh, there's no uh, small gods. W- and then you just put Terry Pratchett over it. And so he is like, Imagine there's no people. And then Terry's like, I don't like to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> there are like some epic atheists, like quotes from him or like interviews where he was asked about religion and he like goes off about how. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. Mm, yeah. But I also don't want important. to. Like, th- Today we're still abroad. Yeah. Yeah. We're still in Genua. 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 I don't have another voice for this. I noticed as I started saying it that you already did like every possible. You already stressed like every possible syllable that you could mispronounce it. So. could say. Genua. Yeah, I could say Genua, but that would be just not funny. Okay, well, sorry. Can <laughs> <laughs> you? Um, yeah. I had, I had that, re- I had that thing that I remembered, which is that after a great period of anxiety, my stay afterwards is just depression, um, mm-hmm. which I forgot. <laughs> That's everyone's oh, no. favorite co- cocktail, you know. You have the shot yeah, and the it's chaser. Like, it's like once you once you take away the anxiety, all that's left is the depression, and that's <laughs> I just have... like. That's the seesaw that I live my life on. Like every time I, I have like an essay that I'm very stressed about, or like a deadline I'm very stressed about, I, I'm always like, oh, once I handed it in, I'm going to be so free. I'm going to be so relaxed. Yeah. And it never happens because then I, I'm suddenly like feeling very out of place. And I'm like, wait, but I, I should be doing something or I should be like spending my time actually being relaxed. Why am I not relaxed right now? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, why am I not happy? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, because of all the other things that I haven't been thinking about because I've been worrying yeah. about this thing. And then you're like, wow, society is broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, you just get to stew on that. But listen, it's fine. Okay, I'll I rally. do want to talk about this thing because I just got another... Just a different uh, Twitter takes that I stand by. Now, in 2020... <laughs> David Fincher made this movie called Mank in which Gary Oldman <laughs> plays oh. Herman Mankiewicz and it's about how Herman Mankiewicz actually wrote Citizen Kane. <laughs> I hate when filmmakers start making movies about like filmmakers, you know that it's going on a it is extremely it's a bad place like, to be. If you look at screenshots of it, it's extremely the type of movie that is gonna win awards because it calls back to old Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Hollywood having two of its own ribs removed so it can suck itself off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the same with like La La Land or something. Like, fuck, a yeah. film about LA? Why didn't anyone think of this before? <laughs> but this one also <laughs> Truly, just, this like, gets to the heart of the human condition. This one also just like strawmans this or revives this argument that has been disproven. <laughs> just because, I don't know, David Fincher is upset that Orson Welles is a more acclaimed director than him, I guess. Is mm-hmm. it fucking wild to like start pissing on Orson Welles' grave in 2020? I don't know. He's dead. Like, I think it's fine to piss on his grave. Personally, <laughs> I think that's very funny. It's pretty funny. It's also <laughs> David Fincher also didn't write his own movies, so I don't know what what his problem is. So I don't know. I don't. I don't even care about who wrote it, honestly. And it is in the credits. Both people who wrote it. So it's it's just a non-issue. It's. It's wild that you'd make a two-hour, 15-minute movie uh, arguing against a straw man that has been disproven in the 70s. I think anybody who's making a movie that's over two hours shouldn't be allowed to make a movie. 
<laughs> just you know, regardless of anything else, I'm like that's Damn, too long. You're coming for Kurosawa here. How could you? I, I'm sure I am, but he could have just made shorter movies. It is very cool how <laughs> Gary Oldman has now played Churchill and the, the guy who actually wrote Citizen Kane. <laughs> I just hate Gary Oldman. I'm pretty sure he's a domestic abuser. He, he is. Yeah. Oh, is he? Um, oh. Yeah. It's cool stuff. I love that the Me Too movement had one casualty and it was Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And everyone else, everyone yeah. went like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep making films forever, even though I'm, yeah. yeah it's cool. It's fine. It's fucking. It's fine. He's acclaimed. You can, like, <laughs> delete your own tweets once your guy gets accused of something. Um, yeah. Know. It's like um, Eddie Redmayne. Like, they're talking about Eddie Redmayne on Treecast about how he was, like, the first person to go, wow, J.K. Rowling, you fucking suck for doing this. And then he sort of walked it back almost immediately because uh, he wants to stay in the same well, fucking film series. He doesn't actually care. He just wants his money. Um, yeah, well, but, th- but then, like, he... Like, it seemed like he would almost care because he was one of the first who did come out. So he, he obviously cared at one point yeah. and then decided that actually maybe... I'm more interested in staying in this film series than I am about my principles. <laughs> Which is cool. Like, if, he did, if he didn't say anything, then that would be less bad. <laughs> Charlotte, would you say that power is, I don't know, something to the, to the human condition? Maybe corrosive? Yes, it's just... Nah, it's just, like, a thing. <laughs> power is... It doesn't <laughs> matter. Power is apolitical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's anyway. also, like... But everything... But, like, Ezra Miller also, like... Uh, you know, they they were As like a, joke a slammed for for like half a year. They were like a woke darling for coming out as queer or whatever, and then they like still stay on the movie and like don't say anything about J.K. Rowling or Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, and also yeah. the choke slamming the fan incident. Yeah, still, <laughs> yeah. I just think Wait, like if who choke slammed a fan? Ezra Miller. Ezra I just Miller. think right if you are if you have the mental capacity and also the physical ability to choke slam somebody you don't know, you've choke slammed someone before. That's <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm saying. It's like you make a habit of doing something that is choke slamming aligned. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. I just, I'm so curious. I know we're not Shriekast, but I'm so curious to see who's going to see that movie because, like, I had a look on, like, the JK Rowling Twitter that I'm blocked from. Um, so I had to look on my alt account. But uh-huh. um, it's just, like, all of the stuff about the new Fantastic Beast movie. And loads of people in the replies are like, um, I'm not going to see this movie. I stand with Johnny, boycott Fantastic Beast. <laughs> and I'm like, so people who didn't watch it originally because she hired Johnny Depp. And people who watched it because she hired Johnny Depp. Now no one is watching it. I'm just, I'm so excited to watch this flop. The stand with Johnny thing was very (laughs) surprising to me. I didn't know that real people out there actually like Johnny Depp. Oh, I did. I found some of their toys really my bubble probably Because I just don't know anyone personally who likes Johnny Depp. No, me neither. Mm. I, I made like a Tumblr post with an edited Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald poster to say the crimes of Johnny Depp um, mm. like a couple of years ago and I put it on Tumblr and I tagged it a bunch and then loads of loads of people in my replies were like, this is misinformative um, and then they laid out like the entire case for him and they were all like Johnny Depp stand blogs. So I've known for some time. I did get an on hate for that as well, which I was like, mm. cool. Uh, he's not your friend, 
but whatever. People were like really mad about Amber Heard too that <clears throat> she needs to kick off, be kicked off Aquaman uh, if Johnny Depp gets kicked off Fantastic Beasts or whatever. Like, what? <laughs> it's it's an incredibly complicated situation. It seems like it just doesn't seem like people have any critical thinking abilities. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, things often seem like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Which, be- speaking of being critical, yes. um, uh, I'm going to bring us in. What does thou want? What's thou like to be delicious? I'm going to cast a spell on you. Want you to speak to You're going to do what I want you to. Answer me. Mix it up here in my little bowl Say a few words and you lose control I'm a hex girl And I'm gonna put a spell on you I'm gonna put a spell on you I'm a hex girl Hello and welcome to Who Watches the Watch? A Discord rewatch (laughs) Yeah, but now it's the real one Uh, A Discord rewatch Slash reread podcast where Charlotte intros it and that's how the format works and it's worked for 30 episodes. Uh, we never agreed on it, by the way. Now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, introduction. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Um, by Hosted by four people whose brains are so stable that they should be studied in laboratory condition. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm your host, Charlotte, and I'm just... I'm just a I'm just a a little master's student um, who can't say no. <laughs> um, hi, I'm your host. I'm your host, the Lucy, international frickin' bestseller, man of mystery, published in thirty six countries, founder of a charity. There's a lot on my plate right now. Yeah. Okay, I'll explain that one later. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Janosch. <laughs> Not going yeah, go any further yeah, with that, buddy. You are. I'm George, and uh, my lips hurt because it was cold last night. I slept in the frost, and it was cold. Okay. Very personal, I love that. (laughs) It's been cold. My lips are cold because I've been sucking on the teat of winter. Mm. Um, I feel like I had at one point today that I, I was like, oh, I could say that in the intro of the podcast, and then I... uh. Just had a very normal brain day, and mm-hmm. now I, I I just had nothing. So that's okay because my introduction was so good, um, and I want to go on to talk about it because what I said in terms of me being an international freaking bestseller, man of mystery, published in thirty six countries, founder of the charity, and there's a lot on my plate right now, is not actually an original quote from me. It's an original Shocker. quote from one Patrick Rothfuss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Who oh. um this week appeared on Friend of the Pod Desert Island Discworld. And I wanna put out a little disclaimer right now and say we are friends with Desert Island Discworld. Al is a good interviewer. He has a lovely voice. Patrick Rothfuss, not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Janosch, I know you listen to some of this as well. I listen to some of it. Patrick Rothfuss seems like the most bland human person alive. Yeah, that would make sense, considering his writing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, we talked about how he has extremely boring taste, right? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing he said about the book covers, that the poor Kidby ones are so much better. He did Ugh. He did elaborate on that in the interview, because he okay. talked about him, uh. him picking up Sorcery as his first book, and I was like, well, yeah, it's quite, you know, Josh Kirby images that are very, like, booby and stuff, and he's right. He was there, like, they do stick in the mind, and Pat was like, yeah, that's probably why I picked it up. Um <laughs> so, see they do their job <laughs> yeah so they're good illustrations but um I mean he t- he talks at length about his charity and like again this is a Discworld podcast yeah and it is you know by way of an interview podcast just that Patrick Patrick Rothfuss like what he had to say wasn't very interesting to me like I I just listened to it and it was just about his charity and then I skipped ahead and it was still about his charity then I skipped mm-hmm. a bit more ahead and then he talked about how uh, he was on a different podcast, uh, but he didn't listen to it before he, uh, before like, after, until like after it went up. And then he remembered that this also happened to him when he went on Map Imbam, that uh, yeah. as his interview went up or his the episode where he was a guest, but, um, you know, his mentions blew up and that's when he found out that my brother, my brother were. and me is big. Yeah. That was like the one mm-hmm. memorable thing to uh, me. Yeah. I mean, it's very funny to me that he didn't know who... Because he met Travis McElroy at like a, a convention and whilst drunk agreed to be on his podcast and then was on the podcast and then they released it and his Twitter blew up and he was like, why is it blowing up? And everyone was like, because they're pretty popular. And he just didn't know who they were beforehand, which I think is very funny. But That's exceedingly valid. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I like that's Patrick. That's the thing that Patrick Rothfuss ever did, to be honest. I will say that I think that the McElroy brothers probably have more fans than Patrick Rothfuss. The McElroy brothers are funnier or more entertaining to listen to. They, I will say they that. absolutely have more fans because he, he, he was asking, he was saying in this interview, like he was asking his agent, um, okay, why is my Twitter blowing up? Like, well, what's happened? She's like, well, you're on this podcast. And he's like, okay, but why is it blowing up? And she's like, well, let's just say you're not doing them any favors by being on it, which is very funny as a statement, but he knows he's not as popular as them. Um, He talks, yeah, it's an interesting interview. He talks at length about his charity work and stuff. And again, I don't know if this is just because I'm being picky, but he talks about like his staff who work at the charity towards the end and he makes this huge point of being like, and I make sure that they have health insurance. And I'm like, okay. Well, that, that is good. <laughs> That's nice. That's good. That's nice of you. <laughs> but um, as a New York Times bestselling author who has gone out to employ his staff voluntarily, I would hope that that was the case. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> And again, I don't know if I'm being unfair. I don't know. Well, I don't think I am. I think <laughs> I think health insurance is good to provide, even if you do have a small staff and you're not legally required to do it. But whatever. Um, he talks about how good geeks are. And oh, uh, fuck yeah. what is it? Fucking twenty mm, geek girls, 20, lovely. Eleven. Are you guys aware there's women who play video games? Finally. It's very sexy. Uh, I've seen girls who play video games, and it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it can be pretty hot. It depends. No. It's only hot if they're selling me their bathwater. Yeah. 
Have you ever been to a convention and there's booth babes and they've got like big breasts and they're like, do you want to play Halo? That's hard. I've literally it's pretty hard, but I also but have that to. Sounds amazing. I also have to ask them to name me um, five <laughs> Halo games. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, Halo, Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, <laughs> Halo 4, Halo 5. And yeah, they're right. <laughs> And I have, I have one last thing that I noted down about this interview. I mean, first of all, my introduction was from a bit where he's talking about, because the episode he talked about was about Thud, because um, he was like, this made me cry even before I was a dad, because it's very emotional and about childbearing, which, fine, yeah, that's good. I'm, I've not read Thud, but I can understand that as a theme. But um, he's there like, this affected me even before I became the Patrick Rothfuss, you know, Oh my bestseller, man of mystery, published in 36 <laughs> countries, founder of this charity. You know, there's a lot on my plate right now. And the longer he kept he's going... He's so annoying. I know, well, because he said the first bit, and I was like, oh, he's kidding. He's doing, like, a funny, oh, I'm, I'm this, you know, like, you know, people call me a man of mystery. But he kept going, listing his achievements. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure that you're joking. I, mean, mm-hmm. I feel like you're being serious. I think it's um, that thing where you like have joking but, but still actually want that people think of you like that. Yeah, the 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 entire interview is very much like um yes, Terry Pratchett's magic system is interesting. Now let's talk about my magic system. Mm. It's which... like I'm not sure humble brag is maybe not the right word for that, but like that that thing where you're like kind of downplaying your or like ironically downplaying your own achievements but like still in a way that you actually you're actually not ironic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not even like a humble brag. It's just sort of a thinly veiled brag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just saying, I'm, don't you know, in case you didn't know, dear listener, that I am very successful. But, you know what I uh, just remembered? Because I listened to what? his Mabimbam episode because that was back when I was still listening to every episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me mm-hmm. in like 2015. <laughs> um, Cringe, Damn, this guy loves <laughs> film we, we all theory have. and we my all, brother, we, my we brother all have me. been McElroy fans in 2015 16, That's true. So. We, we all were. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, Average. and I listened to his uh, Mabim Bam episode. And in that one, he also talked about his uh, about like magic systems in fantasy books. Like he, t- he talked about how, oh, you think um, having a magic system is very important in fantasy and my books have a very complicated or like very well thought out magic system and people are always telling me how great it is but you know who didn't have a, a well thought out magic, magic system J.R. Tolkien yeah he literally says the exact same thing in this interview oh my god he does he talks about you, you know you have this sort of Terry magic system witches and wizards but then you have like non-magic systems which is like J.R. Tolkien with Gandalf and um, so he yeah, same thing. <laughs> he really has one talking yeah. point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that... you know who doesn't have a great magical system? Us? Uh, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> so his is... The magic system is simply belief. His magic system is simply Christianity. <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, his point in that Mabimbam interview was that, you know, you, you think that's important, but it's actually not, like, because it depends on the on the author what is important for them and for talking what was important was uh, researching songs or writing writing songs for everybody and coming up with languages or whatever but like many authors don't have that like 
whatever. It's it's a fine or it's an okay point to make about fantasy books, but it's still very funny that he just restates the same arguments like five years later. That yeah, it's good to know that he's done that before. Um, he talks about Vimes being a dude, which is true. <laughs> this is the Vimes last thing. I, this is the very last thing I wanted to bring up because I feel like I'm going off too much on this interview when like. Really, what I'm going off on is Patrick Rothfuss, but um, <laughs> look, Ed, if you want to release an episode where you critique our podcast, and you can th- th- go ahead, you have our yeah. probably should. Al, it's very justified. We're Al? very bad, but so. Al on the pod. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, Desert Island <laughs> Discord, where it's all of us and we talk about Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be so that good. That would be so good. Please, Al. Um, just let me make this happen. <laughs> yeah, I do have one last thing. I just want to I just want to lay this out. So he talks about the fact that he has like three big skills in life. And I know he thinks one of them is writing. And I don't know what the other one is. But he says his third big skill is marketing. And he's like, and I know that, you know, in the wrong hands, this ability would you know marketing according to some people is like the worst thing in the world like that's causing all our problems it's capitalism it's whatever but um you know i use my marketing skills to promote my charity you know i i i get in there and i unleash dark patrick rothfuss what what (laughs) this makes it sound like he's Uh... talking about bullying people in his marketing firm or whatever in his charity He's just talking about, like... I'm not saying that is what that happens. No, it's like he's saying, oh, I'm really good at marketing, but it's, and so it's a good thing that I only use it for charity work, but my marketing persona is, is like, dark Rothfuss. Mm. I mean, dark. I guess... Is it? I thought his, I thought his marketing was, like, sad, nerd Punished. boy, can't get date, but will write... Punished Venom Rothfuss. I don't think it's that anymore. Maybe it was that, uh, like, five years ago, but I think... I think he at least like half caught on that Dark Rothfuss. <laughs> really, the only thing I could interpret as Dark Rothfuss is just like his Twitter profile pic because it's very underlit. Fit <laughs> <laughs> like physically yeah, yeah. Dark Rothfuss, yeah. And I think that's it. Like if you if you look at it, he looks like evil in that pic. Hmm. I've never seen it because I don't follow him on Twitter. <laughs> But that is fascinating. I used to follow him in, on Twitter before I knew who he was because like loads of people followed him and I was like, huh, oh, who is this person? Um, and then as soon as I read the book, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I actually read the book after I listened to his My Brother, My Brother and Me. No, it has to be the other way around. I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he talks vaguely about um, him doing, like... Like, the the theme for his charity this year is, like, things to look forward to. And he was like, yeah, like, the third book. Ha, 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 ha. Um, uh-huh. And Al was, Al was extremely uh-huh. tactful and was like, yeah, I didn't want to ask. But I'm sure people at home are like, yeah, when's the third book coming out? Yeah, that that also happened in the Mabimba interview that they were like, I think, like, the fucking... In the episode before where they were like, okay, next we're gonna have an interview with Patrick Rothfuss, send us in questions, just please don't ask him about book three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's the King Killer Chronicles, not the King Killer Trilogy. 
Yeah. Um, we should move on because I have some Goodreads stuff. Um, this is <laughs> yeah. incredibly Lucy-centric 15 minutes, yeah. but hey, I'm going to keep going. We say, we say we didn't like what Patrick Rothfuss had to say, but then talk for 35 minutes about it. I just yeah. say I just say That's about true. this, just, just one more thing to close Checkmate. out the segment. Uh, Shame of the Wind, mostly my segment, it used yeah. to be, but I'm not upset at all that Lucy did it. I think this was very good. Well, so. this wasn't even Shame of the Wind because I didn't look... Shame of the Wind is Patrick Rothfuss' Discworld review. No, I think Shame of the Which Wind actually, is just any Patrick Rothfuss shaming. Oh, okay. Listen, anyone can intro the podcast if they want to, but I just have to know beforehand so I can emotionally <laughs> I do not want to intro the podcast. No. Well, you've you've put it out into the world now, George. You have to face the responsibility of uh, what like, you Charlotte, can. I want to interview the podcast, but I don't know that I want to until I've done it. Confusing. Honestly, the, <laughs> the wait between like book three, book two and three of King Killer Chronicles has been like just as long as between uh, Dance with Dragons and The Winds of Winter. So stop, get off uh, George R. R. Martin's uh, toes because he's really like, we know The Winds of Winter is going to be better than The Doors of Stone. Is that what the title is? Yep. Aww. I mean, sure. Can you buy doors made of stone in, in B&Q? I wish. Be pretty um, good. Yeah. <laughs> doors of Stone is such a boring title. What? It, it's not even... It's nothing, Patrick. Come on. <laughs> okay, I'm calling time on all discussion of Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done with it now. <laughs> so we're going into to Bad Reads Corner, um, which is that I wanted to say that... So this book has a 4.21 out of five on Goodreads. And if you look at the like percentage breakdown, it doesn't even have 1% of one-star reviews. So people generally are pretty positive about this one. Every single like negative review that I found of this, and I can quote them for you if you want, but um, every single negative review was like, the witches do not go through character development. This story has no character development whatsoever. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I just wondered what we thought of that. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think that's a very interesting criticism. I don't think <laughs> the main characters need to go through character development in every book. I have issues with this book, but it's not that. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to know what yours are, but um, yeah. I... Because I... Th- I think that they do. I'm not sure it's as explicit as people maybe want it to be. I think it's less less of a character development that they went through in um, Weird Sisters. And also yeah. Lords and Ladies is going to be a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I think this is more like character experience. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they go through things. Mm. And are made to look at themselves. And honestly... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that Granny like learned that much out of her. Like, I I think I'd I'd at least say I wouldn't say uh, it's a problem that there's not enough character development or whatever. But I could. I think there's an argument to be made that her having to face her sister has like less of an impact than it could have had. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think some of the Goodreads 
reviews are interesting because there's one person who talked about the book being childish and nonsensical, which is, but they also marked it as did not finish. So it's sort of like, hmm. I feel like it makes sense personally. <laughs> but there were a lot of reviews that were that were talking about how the pacing was off. So like, which is which is what you yes. said last week. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's know, what I'm about, like, what I'm gonna say this week yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, which is. Yeah, well, yeah, the pacing is... Yeah, like, the first it's... third is, isn't it funny we're going to fake France and we're having escargots, um, and then... The... <laughs> <laughs> then oops, we're in Spain, oh, wait, we're not in, we're not in either of those places anymore. Uh, and the story's happening now, and yeah. the book's yeah. gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think one of Terry's main issues is... Yeah, he, do, he doesn't do it, the, really. For, like, most books. He doesn't care. He's like, it's joke time, baby. <laughs> but it's I'm sometimes some really jokes. good. Like, there's books that have really good. I know. Like, I, I think, I think th- maybe the reason I'm so down on this one is also that it just comes right after Reaper Man, right before mm. Small Gods. So, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a harsh place to come yeah. in comparison. Yeah, and it, it, it's like there's some books where it's really good, and then a lot of them where it's not great. I think it's ones that are yeah. more structured, like the watch ones, because they're mysteries. The pacing has to make a bit more sense. And I mm. think it's, you know, the old thing we've been saying that he's writing compulsively. It's it's just that sometimes yeah. he seems to have like a theme in his mind that he wants to actually tackle, like an, like an existential theme or whatever. Like, And I, I don't mean theme like fairy tales or theme like movies, but theme like, you know, dying. <laughs> that he wants to tackle and then he can like follow through that theme and that's gonna do wonders to his pacing too because he's gonna like stick with making points about that theme and then in this one he was just like foreign parts fairy tales uh, i got to i'm gonna write something stories stories yeah there's a story There's a story that's going on. What if Grebo was yeah. immensely <laughs> What if Grebo was really fucking sexy? What if Grebo had a massive hog? <laughs> he does. It's It's been known. Um, okay, we're basically talking yeah. about it anyway, yeah, so I'm just going to quickly do the... Um, we didn't talk about the watch so... photos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're just they're just more yeah. photos, basically. People are like getting a, very mad like, uh, at the pic of detritus reading a book. Yeah, but they see this is the thing. I get notifications on our um, podcast Twitter whenever they post anything on their mm-hmm. Twitter, and um, every single time there's like three replies, and they're all "This isn't what I want." Hashtag not my yeah. watch, <laughs> or not ter- not Terry's oh, yeah. watch, and just people being mad. And like the watch Twitter just continues posting stuff. Sometimes I think deliberately to piss people off. I'm glad. Good for them. Um, I think their marketing really leaned into. I I feel like we've said this, but they really leaned into making it like aggressively punk. Yeah, pissing people off, kind of thing. It's good. You know what? I I'm at this point where I'm probably gonna like whatever it is. Like, <laughs> like the just, I I think they they decided on doing this like neon colored um uh, you know promotional photos once they already got the backlash yeah because they've done like mm-hmm. a short video of um like sybil drinking at the watch headquarters and mm-hmm. stuff and it's extremely suicide squad um in its yeah. coloring and yeah. vibe um and you know what bring it on like uh-huh. And all the replies say the first one says hashtag not my watch hashtag not Pratchett hashtag not Sybil the second one says hashtag not Pratchett's watch 
Then the next one says, nice to see Vimes staying away from the bear huggers. Hashtag not my Vimes, hashtag not my watch, hashtag not my civil. And these people are the exact <laughs> same ones who commented under the post of Detritus reading. So it's like, they're just going to comment yeah. under every single post this account makes. Yeah. Another day, another work day in the uh, in the, the watch uh, BBC America series Twitter office, and they go, "Hey, up, lad, fire up the old centrist piss boiler." <laughs> not not sent. Fuck. <laughs> oh god, I'm too tired for podcasting. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm gonna say boomer podcast. Oh, <laughs> You're making a valiant effort though, and I yeah, you did it. you did an accent and everything. I liked that. Yeah, I think you were hey, all lad, there, right? honestly. <laughs> Foreign parts. You you gave up at the home stretch. <laughs> no, because I'd already I'd already uh, swerved left on the the home straight and gone right into a uh, bar. You veered on you veered on the home stack and you went <laughs> straight into a, 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 a Patrick Rothfuss or whatever we talk about now. Yeah, know. there's the <laughs> if you look at the hashtag not Pratchett's watch, just one guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I've de- that's that's grassroots. <laughs> Look, no, I think when, it was the same. Like, that's really build. That's when building. When song a of babies and puppies does that, it's cool and epic. But yeah, that's true. Uh, when this guy does it, I'm not a fan. You do get people like that. It's either like one person to you, or it's or it's um, astroturfed. Because like I found, I oh I stumbled yeah. across, across like pro Johnny Depp people on Twitter once, mm-hmm. and they all had the same like all the same things they were pre- posting, all the same. It's like, is, yeah. is someone paid them to do this? Probably. You remember when the Bolivia coup happened and there was a bunch of tweets which all had said the exact same thing um, and they were all created like a month They're before. like, hello. That was very It good. is. It is me, <laughs> Gus- Gustavo Eichmann. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just want to say like... I love, I love Bolivia. I just want to right say way. one more thing about this one account who does the, um, uh, the hashtag not... Pratchett's watch thing. His profile pic is Robert Baratheon. So <laughs> do what you want oh, with that. Sick. Uh, Bring so me the breastplate stretcher. No but like epic Robert Baratheon before <laughs> he, you know, at, at, at Robert's Rebellion time. So oh, that's hot, totally Robert. unproblematic and cool. Yeah, Robert's always I been a good Robert. character. He's one of my least favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's, so, Robert's such fun. He's just, he's just epic. He has a big hammer. He has antlers on his helmet. He's a feminist. Uh, he's a cool guy. Yeah. And he's done nothing wrong. Yeah, let's, anyway, let's talk about let's Witches Abroad. It. Let's just quickly slide in. Um, so, where we, we sort of very quickly go into heists, which uh, I sort of couldn't remember where we were last week, but we immediately enter Epic Heist. Margaret goes and tries to chop up uh, Umbrella's dress to stop her from going to the ball. Uh, Grant Nanny goes off to get drunk with the coachman, and then they all turn the the coach into a big pumpkin using the wand. And they're like, "Hey, now we can relax because you know we've we've stopped the story. This is going to prevent anything bad from happening." Mm-hmm. But they're it eating doesn't their cereal. because the whole point of stories they're eating their cereal, and they're saying nothing bad will ever happen because we've prevented it, and they will never spit out that cereal and shock. <laughs> yeah. And basically, because it's a story and stories require, you know, obstacles, this just continues to make the story happen. So uh, Lily um, turns it back into a coach and she turns some mice into footmen and horses. And 
sends her off to the ball anyway. She has a new dress and fancy glass slippers. Uh, the witches are like, oh shit, what do we do? Um, what if we turn Grebo into a guy? <laughs> <laughs> turn Grebo into um, a sex pot. So they, they transform Grebo into a guy. He's very hot and everyone is very attracted to him, but are pretending not to be because it's it's awkward. Because he's a cat. Um, he frightens the coachman because they can't tell if he's like a scary guy or a cat, both of which are scary. <laughs> um, and he prevents the coach from moving. And they get in and they make Margaret um, basically swap with Ella. So Margaret puts on the dress and is going to go to the bull in her place. And then she follows Legbird the Cockerel to go see um, Mrs. Gogol and be safe there. And they continue and Margaret's like, I don't think I can do this. So Granny changes her brain so she thinks she's a confident person. <laughs> I wish someone would do that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very ethical. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they go to the ball um, they all manage to get in Margaret's dancing they go up from uh, the tower and they uh, on their brooms and then they come down and they basically harangue two women who are about their size um, knock them unconscious and steal their dresses so that they can also get in um, Grubo's there too uh, they dance for a bit I mm. think they do. Grubo's like round and then <laughs> Grubo's, Grubo's hanging around. He's just having a good time. They meet a dwarf who's called Casanunda. Uh, he's the second, he's the world's second best lover. Um, <laughs> it's just a good joke. I'm sorry, Casanova and Casanunda is funny. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he will be. He will be in a later book as well. Um, yeah, he's he's very into Nanny Og. But he's also into Granny Weatherworks because he loves the dominant woman. <laughs> and also basically anyone else who's hanging around. Um, okay, I have a question about Cassandra uh, because this isn't related to like uh, the whole plot thing or anything else to, I want to actually thematically discuss. But okay. Is is Cassandra like Terry's attempt to do Nigel again but better? No. Because to I me he's like, super fed like no, a Nigel like, type character in that it's like... Oh, because Nigel's like a fail son. No, I don't think so. Like Cassanander is genuinely a good lover. He's just not is as good he? as Casanova. Yeah. He's the boss. But it's like it's yeah, like the Nigel's joke great. that oh he's a dwarf. You know, and he's he's not not that sexy. Like to, to me to me it came across like that. I kind of thought he was sexy. No, I don't think <laughs> so. I think the whole point of Casanander is that he is like it's just funny that he's a dwarf because he's called Casanander uh-huh. rather than Casanova, but he is like yeah, he's he's good at and it. And he has yeah. a stepladder, he's so got... he can kiss women. Yeah, he knows like how to work. Like the yeah. film yeah. Tall Girl. Yeah. Yeah. It is like Tall Girl, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're at the ball. They dance for a bit. They're not, like, great at it. Um, the Duke arrives with Lily, and he is he's a frog. Um, at one point, they go to see his room, and he's got, like, a pond in it when it's full of flies. Um, once he arrives, Margaret's dancing with him, and they're like, damn, what do we do? Uh, what if we change the clock so that midnight strikes earlier, or twelve strikes earlier anyway? So they go and they adjust the clock, and uh, Nanny gets Casanova to help her um, change the clock by using her feminine she wiles. She she literally <laughs> she, simp- simps. she simpers. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, they come in. Um, it sort of works. Margaret wakes up and realizes that he's like frog guy. Uh, Lilith's like, you can't change the story. This is how it's got to be. And Granny's like, what if I do, though? 
Um, and she shoots. So Margaret runs away and uh, Granny smashes the um, slipper. Uh, but they catch Margaret and Lily's like, well, there's there's two slippers, so we'll just use the other one. And uh, Nanny Og is like, but it will fit my foot. And she puts in her foot and it fits. So she gets to marry the Duke. And I just think it's very funny that Cassandra is there for like half of the scene just like saying things and no one is reminding But that's why I said he's like, simply <laughs> Well, because he's just there. Yeah, he's, he's having there. a good time. He's not. He's not whining. He's I like, hell yeah, you should marry that frog. I don't think he's. he's not, I don't think he's anything like Nigel. But I think. I, I think he's just, the, like, the role he feels in the story, at least, is. No, you take that back. Yeah, I would. I would disagree with you here. I think he's very um, individual. I think he is. Does he have um, a purpose to be here? He. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. funny. He gets them out of stuff, I think. Nigel never ever got anyone out of That's anything. true. He just like said, let's go and fight those froth giants and then immediately got, you know, yeah, thrown against helpful. a wall. He's just, he's hanging around. He's a fun character. He he says, um, I don't care if you want to have an open relationship. I can be yeah, he's like, I love this. Casanuda's kind of... That is also very, very Nigel. Funny. I mean... I don't see how that what? is. I don't think Nigel would ever be able to admit that to himself. Um, Nigel is the Chad. Uh, no. Oh, God. I am too tired to do this. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Nigel is the virgin and Casananda is the Chad. I get it. But it's still oh, like I'm two thinking. sides of the same coin then, right? No, I think... No. <laughs> I don't no. see any relation yeah, between these either. characters. I think they're just, they're just <laughs> separate. Although I am now thinking about how funny it is that Casanova and Casananda are like top and bottom roles. And maybe that's why Casananda <laughs> is a bottom. I mean, that's, that's just logic. But uh, also there's like at least there's another reference to foot fetishes. Yeah, this, so Terry well came done, for everyone. your ass. We, we did it. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it came for my ass? Yeah, Terry said that feet are useful, but not except to some people with highly specialised interests, particularly attractive <laughs> to look at. And I wrote down in my notes, this is about Hold you. Hold on. Hold on for a second. <laughs> Let's pause this podcast here for a second. I started the entire foot thing because Chaz was incredibly leaning into the joke of foot fetishism. So I was like playing along. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not like I'm not the OG <laughs> foot fetishist. I just picked up on the funny joke and like, you know, brought it ahead. Well, this is the hazards of the joke: <laughs> is that it will follow you yeah. forever. Um, this is uh, the joke. Is <laughs> Look, I'm just saying <laughs> it's coming for your ass just as much, if not more, as for mine. So I'm comfortable with that. I am also uh, comfortable with it. If you admit, if if it's not like you know, Lucy <laughs> saying that I'm the only one who has a thing about feet, allegedly. Which I don't. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's just an ironic bit. Haha. <laughs> it's a funny bit. <laughs> Sorry, Anush. We know you love feet or, or hate them. I'm not sure which you're supposed to feel about them. <laughs> I'm kind of in the dark here. Yeah, you need to you need to listen to all of our other podcasts to be able to follow along this the the, the feet story. But the, the extended believe universe. me, it is very rewarding. Yeah. yeah, it's like once you really get all the references, it really starts to uh-huh. open up as a podcast. This just know that it is a very funny anyway. joke to say that Janosch is sincerely into feet. Um, to be fair, you have to have yeah, an extremely it, high IQ to fully appreciate <laughs> who watches the watch. That's so true. <laughs> That's true. And not everyone yeah. does. Um, but if you're listening to mm. this, yeah. No, look, I, I often develop my, like, I, I will admit it before anyone else that often things that I pretend to like, ironically, I actually like in real life. 
mm-hmm. uh, unironically. And th- th- you may think that my feet liking is also a bit where I <laughs> ironically like them, but I actually do. But I, th- as improbable as it seems, this is the one exception where it's like actually fully ironic. So, you know, jot that down. So, so jot that down. In your Janos folder yeah. that you have, where under the bit marked fetishes, just exactly. cross out feet. Um, and, put it, and put it under my... I'm big totally logic not saying this Janos. because I'm actually into feet and I'm just trying to, like, deflect this is, from it. It seems like you're protesting. Yeah, this, I know it sounds like that. Someone but... who is into feet would say. <laughs> uh. So who knows what the truth is? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You are a renowned podcast liar. Yeah. That is, like, Look, you can, that you, if you want... Uh, you can send feed to the to the podcast account, <laughs> not to me personally. Uh, j- just just add uh-huh. who watches the W four, and th- then you will see how I react to that. So you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is called Who Watches the Watch, but it's actually really called Who Watches the Feet, and it's a genuine question about the hosts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who's actually looking? Listen, yeah, listeners, send us in a. Send us in a Twitter message saying which of us you think has a foot. <laughs> Showing feet is kind of like um, the social game, is in that if you if if you show feet and someone looks at it, you get to punch them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. Um, anyway, I'm gonna finish <laughs> this fucking <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, so uh, the witches get put in jail. Um, but Lily's like, you will escape because that's how stories work. So they're in jail and they're like, maybe we just won't escape. And I this I really do like when Nanny Og uh, writes a letter to her son, which she does every now and again. And this time she's like, we, well, I am in the clink again. I have drawn a picture of it <laughs> with us in the in this jail cell marked with an X. Um, <laughs> I think I really, it's really I really um, want to know extended Nanny Og lore about when she's been to prison before. I mean, she was jailed in Weird Sisters. Oh, okay, that might be it. I had forgotten that. Yeah. But I think it's funny also if it refers to other times, just generally. She's She's been around. She's lived a lot. Yeah, she has. She says I, she's been around, like, the Maypole twice or something. The Lighthouse. Um, <laughs> I've written a lot of notes oh, that was this episode because I had time. Yeah. <laughs> so they do manage to escape. Um, first Gastonando comes to talk to them with a stepladder. And then, um, meanwhile... Mrs. Gogol does some stuff where she, I don't know, utilizes the power of belief to put a god inside the Baron, who mm-hmm. then wanders around and he's got like the power of the swamp and stuff in him and he breaks him out of jail and then he goes to um, defeat Lilith and she can't kill him because he's too strong and he's like, oh, I'm going to break the story. And then Lilith runs away and Mrs. Gogol's like, I'm going to kill her. And Granny's like, no, because she's my sister and I'm going to deal with her because that's just how family is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they have like a, a sort of duel where Mrs. Gogol is using a voodoo doll to hurt her, but then Granny like sticks her own arm, arm in the fire and like sends it back through the voodoo doll and that like sets it on fire. It's pretty cool. Um, it's an incredibly epic moment for Granny. It's pretty epic. It's, um yeah, one of those Granny epic moments that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes up to fight Lilith. This is a bit weird, this whole last bit. Um, I was so confused. First of all, all, she's talking to Lilith, and Lilith is all like, you're a coward, you've always had the same thoughts that I have, but you've never done them because you're too scared. But not me, I'm an epic villain. Um, (laughs) I'm so cool, and I'm always right. Um, 
Nanny Og's gonna hit me, but she can't. Um, I'm going to kill both of your friends. And Granny's like, well, I guess I've lost then. And then she jumps out the window. <laughs> but it's fine because she's got her broomstick. And she accelerates on the way down. Um, this makes Lilith let the other two go. Meanwhile, Granny comes back round and like through the window into the mirror room and she smashes one of the mirrors. But because she smashed one of the mirrors and not the other one, it sort of echoes through the mirrors and like sort of destroys Lilith's power, but it makes it unbalanced. So she gets sort of like drawn into the mirror. Granny tries to go after her, but like just sort of like sticks her arms through a mirror and like cuts her arms all up. So when Margaret and Nanny get there, she's just like lying on the floor and Nanny just like takes a fucking needle off her <laughs> hat and sews her up. <laughs> she's prepared. I know. Um, there's a bit which they both have where they're in um, see death and death's like you're sort of in between. They go to the mirror dimension. Yeah, he's like, you have to find which of you is real. So Lilith goes off running to try and figure out which of the reflections is real. But Granny sort of points to herself and is like, I'm the real one. Um, so she manages to escape. Yeah. Uh, she wakes up at Mrs. Goggles and, you know, they're all like, wow, that's uh, something. And um, Granny fiddles with the wand and sort of shows that you have to, like, change the settings to make it do different <laughs> things. <laughs> and the reason it wasn't working for Margaret is because she thought you just had to wish rather than, like, actively making it do what you want it to do. Um, <laughs> but Margaret throws it away anyway because she's like, I'm, I'm done with this. And then they all get on their broomsticks and they're like, well, we could go on holiday to other places. You know, the world's full of stuff. Um, and, and Granny's like, yeah, but we should probably go home. So they do go home, but they go the long way around. So they have a bit more yeah. of holiday. They see the elephant. Mm. They see the elephant. Yeah. Yeah, they go to see the elephant. Um, there's also a subplot with a lady who Granny steals the clothes of. Who's <laughs> 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 just trying to get laid and having a bad time. Does she fuck um, Rebo in the end? No, because she's waiting for him in the rose garden. <gasps> oh, yeah. Um, but but he doesn't show up, but the, he does as a cat once he's turned back. And then Cassinander's there. And so hopefully that's a happy ending for yeah. the both of them. I imagine it is. <laughs> uh, Oi, happy ending. Happy something. <laughs> a little death. Um, um, yeah, and that's, and that's the end of Witches Abroad. I liked it. I liked this book. I don't think, I don't think it was as strong as Reaper Man, but I think it was good. I thought it was enjoyable. It's fun. It's not. Yeah. It's not as like um, well written for sure, but mm. like there's good character stuff, and I th- I just really enjoy the witches. They're a so lot. Yeah. Like, I do enjoy. They're them. all so I think good. There's a ton of fun bits in this book. I just don't mm. think it really works as a whole. Because I think I th- I don't know. I think everything in this I liked. I think that the way we read it in thirds probably made me like it more than if I was Maybe. to say read it all in one um, because mm. it is actually divided into thirds but the first third is they're like what if witches were in fake Spain um, <laughs> and, and this, the second two halves are like what if there was plot um, and and the third one in particular is like what if it was actually quite emotional but it, yeah. it sort of sneaks up on you a bit but I think even like the second two uh, thirds weren't like like most of the, I think like just this last third felt like an entire book for itself. It's yeah, just, it could have been. yeah, just so much happening in it, which was very distressing to me. Like I, I don't know, I had I had like trouble keeping up with this third of it just because so much was happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I didn't find it hard to read. Um, I really did enjoy this final third, and yeah, I, I do same. think it suffers from. I I feel. I mean, I know it, they sort of mention it at the beginning, um, with Granny seeing something in the mirror and stuff. But like, I feel a sort of conflict between Granny and Lilith. It's it's like developed in some ways, but then and not really in other ways. Yeah, I think it's pretty underdeveloped. Um, more hint. It's more hinted at. I did like the bit at the end where she's like, "I hate you." Because I had to be the good one when you left. I thought that was like quite revealing. And that does Yeah, and I think that does feed into hot Granny's whole thing of her I, character. I feel like mm. for for Lilith to be like I don't know. I don't think every villain uh, needs to be like extremely developed or whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I just think like the weight of her being Granny Weatherwax's sister. And Granny Weatherwax, who is the main of the main, like main of the three witches, like she's usually the one who gets the most plot in um, any of the books. Like she's clearly yeah. the main character of this series, which means that she's like one of the three or four most important Discord characters, right? For that yeah. to like for Lilith to be her sister, <laughs> it's just mm. I don't think she's able to carry that weight. Yeah, and I don't I mean, think I, I'm not sure like it, I feel like the the Goodreads point said it like the way the way you said it in that the Goodreads say that it's about them not getting character development. I don't care about that, but I, I do think like for for going through how do I put it? For having like such a real personal thing come up for for, for Granny, uh, she really doesn't I, I'm not sure what she learns from this. Like she's just, as you said, she's just doing having epic moments, which is fun. It's really fun to read Granny Weatherwax epic moments. I'm just not sure she learns anything from it. Or, but I'm not. I'm not sure it's a situation in which she particularly needed to learn. Mm-hmm. Like she, she comes into this story knowing that magic is about you know, what you don't do and what magic... Because she's had this experience with her sister where her sister always used magic for everything, no matter what the cost. Like, she would, you know, sell her soul to the mirrors, whatever. But, you know, Granny comes in knowing that that's wrong. Um, but, you know, Magrat, not so much. So I think in, in this book, I think it works pretty well as a kind of, you know, education for Magrat you know, mm-hmm. in terms of what's ethical to do and what's not in terms of using magic and how much you should be allowed to do it. Um, I Yeah, I don't think Granny particularly develops. I think I think she does learn to see Magrat's side of things a little bit, you know, with them going off to see the elephant at the end. But, you know, largely yeah. she knows herself and that's like the point. She knew herself going mm-hmm. in and that's why she stands up so much in this. But yeah. It's more of an illumination upon her character yeah. for the reader than it yeah. is like mm. something of her changing or learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a thing on the way there where um, uh, Magra keeps being like, why can't we use magic to help people? Uh, why can't we do magic to do cool things? Uh, I saw there's some guys in my book who do this thing where they stick their hand in the fire and don't get burnt and because they like transfer the magic and stuff and it's cool and Granny's like, that sounds stupid and then she does all three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And Margaret's like, but she said that that was yeah. stupid. And Nanny says, yeah, she just does what she wants. So. <laughs> no, but yeah. I feel like this kind of what I'm saying here that, I don't know, it's, it's, it's tough because I do like to see Granny be epic. Mm. Like, I, I, I get, I get that it's, it's great to see. I just, I'm just not sure it works thematically. Mm. Um, like, also from the, because the, the conflict between Magret and Granny, right? We talked about this last last episode that I yeah wasn't a big fan of there being a fallout, <laughs> and I think but, but but the point of the conflict was supposed to be that they both are stubborn and they both like refuse to see it from the other side, mm. right? Mm. And I I do think that Magret wasn't wrong about how. Granny is just always being incredibly rude to her. So she maybe is. maybe that's more of a thing where I feel like maybe Granny could have learned a bit more. Like I, I don't know, I feel a little bad for Magret. No, I think I would agree <laughs> with you there. I like because I obviously like the the end conversation where they're like on the brooms and stuff and leaving. Yeah, and they're talking about you know Magret saying, "Oh, we could go here, we could go here," and like. Granny kind of tried her for being a wet hen again. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, they do go away, like Magrat wants, but she, you know, she still calls her that and she is still pretty berate the whole thing. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I would agree with you there. No. It's <laughs> 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 great. <gasps> I mean, it, it is a, a, key, a key thing that, I mean, Granny isn't very nice yeah yeah mm. like the like you know it, it's part of her character that she's always resisting yeah. being a sort of wicked witch really yeah maybe i just yeah maybe i just wished that she was proven wrong a bit more because i because i feel like the previous books have already proven her right enough yeah you know like we we don't yeah we don't need to I think it's just just that Terry likes to write her, but we don't like need to be reminded that she's epic. Mm. I don't know. I think the thing with the hand in the fire in this is to demonstrate when magic is useful. Yeah. Because the situations where Magrat is talking about it, it's kind of implied that these guys who do stick their hands in fire and can you know be fine is like this is a frivolous use. Um. Whereas, yeah. you know, I don't, yeah, she's being a bit, she's using a bit of flair um, when she does it to Miss Gagol, but Miss Gagol is also, like, threatening to stop her heart, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give her that <laughs> one in terms of necessity. Yeah, um, you know, it's like, uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think that this one particularly in the witches series i think this is one of the weakest in the witches yeah um, yeah and I, I i did think i did think that before we reread it this time um like it's not one that i will revisit yeah. like i would masquerade i agree with just because i think masquerade is so fucking cool <laughs> uh, yeah that's a Great uh, and I'm really excited for for uh, lords and ladies like i i've mentioned that i think multiple yeah. times that that's one of my favorites yeah, and I think yeah. because those ones... I mean, Masquerade is also outside of Lanka, like it's in um, Ankh-Morpork. Yeah. But 
Um, I think often they benefit from it being more of an ex- existential threat. Because like what they're doing in this, it's it's not threatening them yeah. really, and it's not threatening their country, which is like what things normally are. It's normally people coming to Lanka and trying to take over in some way. Mm. Which and and again, this is following that same theme of if magic rules, then everything has to bend to sort of appease it, and that's bad. Like the the whole point of the end of this is that um, Granny Weatherwax is telling Mrs. Gogol that she's not allowed to control how the kingdom goes. Yeah, yeah. and that's a that's a theme. You know, that's the same as in Weird Sisters yeah. when they were like they had to be like we will put a king on the throne, but he can't be like a puppet king because then. It, this is a land ruled by witches, and this is following onto that theme. But yeah, I think it could have, it would have probably benefited, well, definitely, um, from that being introduced more in the beginning, um, yeah. and then yeah. spending more time. It is or a pacing even, thing. I also, yeah, I also wouldn't have minded if the entire book would have been like the first third. Like, I think I'd be more. Yeah, it's like one or the other. Yeah, yeah. or just or yeah. you you pace the first third between the second two thirds if you know what i mean so you have mm-hmm, like yeah. like the second and first thirds are intermingled a bit more so you have plot appearing earlier but you also have haha aren't we funny and in france he he or just like less like if you cut out the funny foreign stuff and just had the fantasy yeah. ooh fucked up story stuff then you can still maybe have like one of the fun foreign bits. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the fun foreign bits. Is the thing. They are funny. They are pretty good. They are like, funny. I honestly, I didn't think I would come away from this saying that, but I think like that <laughs> ended up being my favorite stuff in this book somehow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but I, I, you know, I think what mostly what I get out of this book is just fun scenes it's funny this Um, is a funny book it's totally like like worth Um, you know worth reading or whatever it's i think how do i put it i think the the, because we talk about how our format kind of impacts our enjoyment of the books in Mm. in whatever ways and i think in this case what impacts it for me is that we read terry pratchett every single week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I think if I if I read this the same way as I used to read Terry Pratchett is that like I'm reading this reading that oh I'm gonna pick up another Terry Pratchett book here are some of my favorite characters again great they're doing great fun stuff great there's some fucked fairy tale stuff cool you know I think in that case I would have enjoyed it much more but the, the way we're reading it every week I like have certain expectations that that I I know Terry Pratchett can meet so in that way if it's like you know weaker than the previous one it's more of a bummer right I I notice it more yeah I think this is where I have an advantage here of having not read any Mm -hmm. further than this book other than the first third of Monstrous Regiment before we decided to change our format and I you know for me mostly the books have just gotten better and I know that Small Mm. Gods is next yeah. Which I'm <laughs> really excited for because it's been hyped <laughs> up for. I am really worried that you're not gonna like it, <laughs> um, and then we're gonna be like, I don't know, our entire credibility is gonna be broken by the fact that you didn't like it. Um, that would be very funny. I, I think it would be totally fine if you didn't like small guts. I'm totally prepared to be okay with that. 
I mean, I, uh, if I don't like it, I'm sure I'll have a good reason, but I'm pretty sure I will. I mean, I don't know. This, yeah. this was another book where it was very funny to see Terry talking about um, the book he's going to write next. Because he talks about <laughs> yeah, no, right? Mr. God's yeah. voodoo and he's like, what was a god? A focus of belief? If people believed, a god began to grow. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's thinking about writing some more gods. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the talk about that book. So much. He really does just figure it out while he's writing yeah. it. He's like, oh, yeah. great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like instinctual to him, I think, writing. It, it's just yeah, something it's like he does. Writing. Yeah, it's cool. I like Which it. I can respect. You know um, what? I'm going to say that this book was cool. I... I, I <laughs> No, it's not. It's not like a great work of literature, but it's fun. It's it's got good characters, you know, and it does show like, you know, he can write something which is perhaps a lacking a bit of focus, and the the pacing isn't so good. But like, I don't know. Last time we had a really bad example of that might have been uh, sorcery, and it's Eric. Like, that one was not. Oh yeah, okay. Eric, I don't think is bad pacing. But, Eric, I think is bad everything. Yeah, Eric, that's, that's <laughs> but, um, consistently badly. But then you know it's it's like you know you can see he is he is maybe improving. I don't know. Mm, no, yeah, he is improving. Yeah, it's 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 good. And mm. I do think that this one has like very good emotional touchstones. At least for me, like at the end, I felt very moved by it. I thought it was very nice. I liked the end where they go off to see the elephant together. I thought it was cute. Um, that, that's cute yeah uh-huh. I like that. but but it's also funny like this book just is there like okay now i'm gonna make a joke about you know well a frog prince probably does have a good tongue so maybe that's <laughs> yes worth it <laughs> <laughs> what if the frog could make you come uh-huh well, what if it could <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of very funny sex jokes in this i think generally <laughs> yeah um he loves those just love the line where you know it's just jokes about nanny og being a hyper chad fuck machine where it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so voyages on the sea of intersexual dalliance had gone rather further than twice around the lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start saying that about myself if okay. i was still <laughs> on like dating websites that's what i'd put as my description <laughs> <laughs> oh that would really God. get the people the people uh, thronging to you. Um, oh yeah, I like when Casnander and Nanny go into the clock, and he's like, "Damn, it's it's cramped in here, but I can make it work." <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have appreciated Casnander better if I had understood the pun, honestly, because it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> just every, se- I just think every one of his jokes, all his jokes and all the Greenbow jokes, I think are really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> they are when I understand. I mean. Look, I think the geese joke wasn't that great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got to put wasn't... that on the no list. I the think in this joke one, in this is pretty good. It, it was fine. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be pronounced duck or duke. That's what threw me off. Yeah, me too. It works as a written joke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like geese, gas, yeah. geese. It's uh, it's like some of the things I did in uh, this week's Hotspur chapter that only work as a written joke. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the bit yeah. where uh, Terry talks about Nanny Og not being able to let anyone uh, go without acknowledging that she made a joke. Yeah, um, and I'm like Terry, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was exactly the duck thing. Like I feel like I think there was a part where like 
someone commented on how haha we get the joke about the ducks it's very lame but he does the same thing yeah mm-hmm. he's just having too much fun he is someone needs to stop him <laughs> someone needs to sit him down and be like Terry too much Take fun down the joke. Bring down the fun. no more jokes no more humours um, uh, it, is, it is good I like that Grebo is now a guy and he's like maybe I like this and then when he sees the lady who's like in her undergarments you're like oh this is a saucy scene and then later on all that happened you found out is that she kept like coming on to him and saying she'd see him in the rose garden he just got very confused because that's <laughs> not how so, cats have sex so funny to imagine really sexy human Grebo walking around but not being human and like him just going that entire scene of him in the kitchen like <laughs> drinking yeah. milk out of a saucer on the floor <laughs> but he's just like a guy is so he's good. just the he's cat a very hot love. guy like it's not just a guy he's the canonically the hottest guy Terry Pratchett ever wrote yeah it's like a sexy bandit Chaz, it's, like, really it's like the first that time he he, uh, he points out that a male character is sexy <laughs> Which never happened before. <laughs> I do like um, Granny, oh, Nanny being like, ooh, and I used to tickle his tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and Granny's like, I'm just out of breath. And Nanny's like, that's funny. We haven't been doing any sort of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's a good scene. Um, yeah, I like how they're like, uh, Nanny is like, Magrat, you can open your eyes now. Like when, when Grebo gets close and she's like, oh, I have, I've had them open. Well, you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all three of them watching him it's very very funny <laughs> I love that he's just a cat no Chaz you were so right about him being cat from Red Dwarf he's Red Dwarf cat although, yeah. although even more so I think he's less human than cat is like yeah, yeah he, he's like he does look in the mirror and goes looking nice <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good this book does say that horses are insane so I'm sorry Charlotte I know. Um, I never said they're not insane. I just saying I like them. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Horses are insane. Yeah. Not to throw another critique at this book, but what was the point of Mrs. Gogor? For interest, and also I guess it's like different magic styles and stuff. Yeah, she's just um, like a foil, I think. Um, yeah, because like she also is very powerful, but she's not quite as powerful. But also, she's more willing to do things that are maybe morally dubious. And at the end, they're like, <laughs> so is she good or evil? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like, I, I like that bit. I'm, I still wasn't sure about... And Granny's about, like, uh, eh, who knows? Because there was like a bit where it was where it felt like sh- she was set up to be like, an, like to have like a heel turn where she like mm. started to put pins in, in a doll or whatever. Yeah. And that kind yeah. of, I don't know, I wasn't, because we talked about the voodoo stuff last week, right? How, uh, how I'm not sure if it's good, yeah. Yeah. And and they were like, and like the point was, oh, voodoo is just a different form of magic and all these things about pins and zombies is just cliche, but we still do them. But we don't really use them for evil. And in this one, it's like sticking pins in dolls again. And... Uh, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how problematic that is. Uh, yeah, I mean... I think but... it's probably not great. Like, No. I feel like it's like, yeah, it's a bit... Because in the end, she's not 
they're not like, oh, she's creepy and evil necessarily, but they're like, she does stuff that's a bit fucked she's up. She's just yeah. who she is. I mean, I think she's treated mm. in this very similar way to Granny in this, in that she's yeah, sort of... Yeah, and, and that's what makes me think it, even though it's not, like, great, great, it's, like, not awful. Yeah, but it does it's feel like... A... They're very similar. I don't know, it did feel a little bit to me like, uh, oh, foreign magic isn't this is the same as our magic. It's It's not that bad. But then then it's still, like, that bad when she, like, sticks dolls into a doll. And but I, I don't, I don't know, because I would argue that there's still, you know, the kind of stuff that Granny could pull off if she wanted to, and the stuff that Lilith does pull off mm-hmm. is, you know, more in line with what we currently understand as being magic, um, mm-hmm. like, before this book. Yeah. I don't know. I It's an interesting question. I th- I think she's just morally ambiguous. <laughs> Maybe mm. if, maybe if 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 Voodoo had been like, I don't know. Maybe the problem is that there is just this one character who does Voodoo. Also, now that I think about, it, weird that he just took the name and the entire concept of Voodoo from like, like he just left it being called Voodoo. I don't know, because yeah, other religions he comes up from real Zudu, Like Voodoo really. is like an actual religion, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for he, but he doesn't have like. Catholicism or whatever. No, but that would be so funny. <laughs> I'm just imagining that. Now. What if Small Gods was just about like <laughs> Catholicism? That <would> be great. <laughs> I mean, it sort of is. Yeah, but, like... kind of, kind of is. <laughs> but no, but like my point is that he. Yeah, it is. It is weird that it's just literally yeah. the same. My thing. point is that he doesn't really treat it as if like he he just treats it as if it was this mythical thing from stories. Yeah. I think, honestly, English understanding of voodoo in the 90s was that. I mean, not to generalize yeah. and stuff, but that culturally, that's how it's seen. Or No, you're you know, probably either. right. He just could have maybe put in the research. <laughs> yeah. People's people's understanding of it, even now, largely, is, is yeah. from pop culture. It's it's literally people's I mean, it's the same. pop culture understanding is still pins and dolls. It's the same way, now yeah. that I think about it, it's the same way I had, like, there were a million other issues with sorcery, but I also had the issue there that the, he uses the slur for Romani people and just treats it as a thing that somehow also exists in this world, because mm. he doesn't regard them as real people, just as this mythical concept. Because I, I do think that, like, the understanding of voodoo and the understanding of Romani people is, like, the same, uh, the same, like, uninformed uh, thing culturally, I don't know because there's a definite distance. Like English, you you will you will you will probably have like zero contact with yeah with, with voodoo if yeah. you if you're from England, you know, especially rural England. Say, hmm. but you you will like they have all have lived like Romani people have lived in in England f- since like the 16th century, yeah. I think. Yeah, and like they are part of the community, like they are here. They Although live here and you it's, wouldn't it's, it's, know it from how they get treated. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, no, it is. It is. But like, a, a bomb. This is an abominably racist and unfriendly country towards Romani people. It is extremely it is bad. Inc- it is yeah. shameful how they get treated. It is mm. very upsetting. No, my point was my point was that I guess more like it's it's less treated like a or or the, the way Terry uh, treated them in uh, sorcery was less like an actual people and more like a concept. You know, which is kind of fucked up, and I think it's kind of similar with uh, with voodoo here. That I don't think his 
I'm not sure he's aware that it's like an actual thing. No, I think he probably, I mean, there's no way we can know. But generally, like, yeah, I think the cultural understanding at the time was, and kind of still is, is just that yeah. it was some foreign, you know, oh, it's magic, it's but zombies I, and stuff. I feel like he does know about it. Yeah. I feel like this is a choice he's made. Like, I think, because he uses, like, like Papa Legba uh, and, like, Baron Saturday and stuff is all, like, I mean, I guess that's sort of fairly well-known stuff mm. but it's not like basic basic so it's like i don't know it's it's like he knows some stuff and then he wants to stick some other stuff yeah in it but like he's using a mixture of actual stuff and like pop cultural understanding of it to do that thing he does where he is like i don't know disqualifying it where it's not like which isn't great yeah <laughs> um I don't. I feel like he's not doing it. He's doing it because he thinks it's interesting, rather than because he wants to like comment on it. Yeah. Um. I think mostly it's like he's using it because he thinks this is a cool thing I can stick in. He's not really thinking about what it means to put it in. Um. Which is what he does all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's taking loads of pop culture and genres and ideas from you know from very real cultures to to like sort of sci-fi tropes or whatever and, and sticking them into his world yeah that, like they're the sort of like almost like they're the same even though that causes right. problems except here he doesn't even give it a, i don't know if it would be worse if he gave it a new name i, I it might be depends what the name was ah uh, <laughs> yeah if he called it like voodoo would that be better yeah. or worse? <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be great either way so it's it's obvious not as bad as some of the other racist stuff he did, um, but you know, <laughs> but guys, just just a little bit racist in... is just because it's you know not like as racist as the Orientalism <laughs> and Sorcery doesn't mean it's good. Guys, 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 we've made some good points here, and I think we've had a good discussion. But I think we're yeah. ignoring what Terry said in the last third of this book, which was that racism oh, yeah. doesn't exist on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> so this conversation Hooray. has been retroactively rendered meaningless. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess oh we are God. the racists by so acknowledging racism. <laughs> That's true. Damn, are we German? <laughs> God. Uh, I did think the ball scenes were super fun, um, even though sometimes things just seem to happen for no reason. I think it's still... You know, it's fun to fun to I see. Like balls. I always think everything should, yeah, everything should <laughs> have a ball scene. <laughs> we all. I love do like balls. balls. I just wish, uh, I just wish the setup to it would have been better. Because I was very confused for a bit why Magrat had to take the role of Umbrella. Like that. Because I'm like, I didn't have any problems understanding it, but I think I read it slower than you did. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense if you just read the last third, because you'd be like, okay, yeah, she's not supposed to go to the ball. I, I get that Umbrella is not supposed to go. It's just like, I don't know, like convincing Magret feels like interesting solution. Is it, ethical, it. is it ethical to make your friend um, super confident uh, against her? Yeah. <laughs> that is literally just the act of forcing somebody to do shots at a party. 
Um. Oh my god. <laughs> but once again, Granny doesn't <laughs> learn from it. Or it doesn't examine it or whatever. No, she would yeah. do it again, but she's Granny. She's Granny. That's who she is. She's like, it, she's like it's fine. Because like, she's really objecting to them turning Grebo into a guy because she's like, this is just like what Lilith yeah. does. It's fucked up and it's wrong, and they're like, "But wouldn't it be fun though?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> she's like, "It would kind of be funny." And Terry's like, "Listen, the difference between cats and wolves is that cats think it's fun to be a person." <laughs> God, he did say that. I, I thought yeah. that was funny though. Like, I, I like that. Terry's yeah, like, "Did you know kinda... I really like cats?" Terry is really like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make themes about how." you know, suffering is bad, and I'm gonna put this really fucked up thing here. But I mostly just, I also just wanna have fun, so <laughs> I'm just gonna make, I'm just gonna make it not bad if it's a cat. Yeah. And fair enough, it's his book. It was fun. <laughs> I do think Human Gribo is, like, mm-hmm. the, one of the highlights of this book, or, or, like, one of the... Yeah, I'm so sad that he'll never be human again. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what an interesting <laughs> thing to say to somebody who's never... Read any of the rest of the other books. I wonder if it will come up. Dab, can't wait to reach one of my favorite books, Masquerade. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I wonder when it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you know that once something's morphic uh, field changes once, it's far easier to change it again? Uh, gender. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did want to... Uh, speaking, of, speaking of the boss scene, I did want to uh, <laughs> draw your attention to one thing I found on tvtropes.org. Oh, yeah. Which is, I've been looking through, like, through the TV Tropes entry to see if there's some fun stuff here. And there's this <laughs> one trope called Twice Told Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, many of the jokes... Don't make sense if you don't know Cinderella due to the whole plot reference that Lily is using. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Damn, what if you just didn't know Cinderella? You would be so confused by this book. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but isn't it? I mean, I'd, like, that's sort of the cultural. I feel like everyone at least knows one version of Cinderella. Well, yeah. I mean, it does say here in the next sentence, good thing everyone does, isn't it? Which... So why is it a trope? Why is the point then, yeah. Because if everyone knows it, then it's just common knowledge. And you don't need to... That's it. All right, I'm politely disagreeing with TV tropes here. (laughs) But sure. Damn, really? Damn, you're really coming for TV tropes. (laughs) Well-respected website. Terry has referenced a lot of things that are much more obscure than Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, damn, I can't believe that you didn't know that the first trains were created by a man named Simnel, who is also the name of the engineer in Reaper Man. Um, You know, that's kind of obscure, but like... Cinderella. And I mean, even in this book, he references Smeagol from Lord of the Rings, which is objectively less well-known than the famous story of Cinderella. But then, if you're reading Terry Pratchett, you probably know the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, when I read this book when I was, like, 13, I thought that was the funniest shit I'd ever read in anything. And I was right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because I knew epic 
nerd that I was, yeah. uh, What Lord of the Rings Man, was I... one of the most famous films of the last 20 yeah, years. Yeah, they also point out on TV Tropes page that Many Ock gets a house dropped on her head by a tornado, then dwarves wander up and ask for her shoes. All while on a yellow brick, brick road a la the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> That's also like a cultural reference that is very hard to get. <laughs> In one of the last lines she says, there is no place like home as she taps her boots together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's classic stuff. I don't understand it. I don't know any cultural <laughs> touchstones. Um, yeah, I thought the yellow brick road was a reference to my... did not let me lead the house. Today is my first day out of the doors. <laughs> I thought the yellow brick road... I was very confused because I thought the yellow brick road was a reference to my favorite Elton John album. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, yeah. I was just waiting for like... Nanny Ork to start singing about how much she misses Lady Diana. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, Lady and Dory. like when they're in the jail cell and they're taking the bricks out the wall, I was like, nice pink for Damn, Perry, you just, you know high and low culture, you know? Man of the people. <laughs> I think I noticed because I've been like working at an electronics store uh where they like sell cds and shit Mm -hmm. and i noticed i noticed the thing that i i I then remember that i've seen it in in other stores as well is that in the cd or lp section they're gonna have like a like half of the wall there is just gonna be the cover of pink floyd's the wall and it's like very epic oh yeah but also like (laughs) what it's because it's epic it's because it's good (laughs) music it's been certified as good music by the community it's uh if you if you go you know the the thing that is cool about pink floyd the wall is that uh consumerism and capitalism is so great what is that if you have merch of it people know you're very yeah cool. the point of listening to pink floyd is that you can tell people you listen to pink floyd yeah listen i do have a i do have a division bell mug but that's because i am cool yeah, so right. It just it it spontaneously manifested in my room. I didn't even buy it, you know. It just appeared. <laughs> yeah, I have like an entire stack of Joy Division uh, Unknown Pleasures T-shirts, and they also just like I don't know how I got them. <laughs> they just uh, you know they just got here. I don't even know. Every day, um, just a copy of the uh, Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> Triangle just spontaneously manifests in my room, and I'm like, wow, I really am top 10 i love to go outside like wearing my uh, epic (laughs) pink uh, joy division uh, unknown pleasures t-shirt and like whenever someone whenever i meet a new person and they're like hi i'm I'm, I'm gonna and then i like they're just gonna say hi and then i'm gonna say i i actually listen to the album i don't just wear the (laughs) t-shirt You say, I actually really do know it, haha. My favorite my favorite song is um this one. And then they go, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. And you're like, Yes, what is your favorite? In, in, do you know it? Do you have a t shirt of it? If you don't know it and you have a t shirt of it, that's very yeah. cringe and you shouldn't do that. Um, and that's how you make friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I I'm gonna say I actually like New Order better than Joy Division. I I'm <laughs> but they have less cool t shirts, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I go outside and I see a rainbow in the sky, and I'm like, "Cool, Pink Floyd yeah. reference." <laughs> I go outside and it's Monday, and I'm like, "Wow, just like the song Blue Monday, amazing." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I like that there's two cool bands in the world, or two and a half. <laughs> I wonder if Terry is gonna make a book about cool rock music. Something tells me That'll he's not bad. gonna make another one. Um, mm-hmm. How do we have anything more? Not really. A lot of fun. Um, turned out that Ella was Mrs. Gogol's daughter with the old Baron who was Samadhi. The zombie. Mm. Yeah. That was kind of... That did um, take me by surprise, I'll be honest. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad nobody so. spoiled that for you. What? Yeah, if they spoiled that for you, then that would have been... <laughs> Just ruining the book. I mean, yeah, well, nobody spoiled that Miss Gagol was her mum. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, the other one. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I'd do it again. Yeah, you. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> no, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, this has some funny sex jokes in it. Mm. It really did. And, you know, sometimes that's what I want. <laughs> sometimes that's all a good book is. I just want someone to sit down and make a boner joke in the book that I'm reading, and that's what I want. And when Terry does that, I'm like, thank you, Terry. It's how you know he thank respects you. his audience. Gen- he respects gen- me genuinely. personally. Uh, he knows yeah. what I want. He's seen all the carry-on movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just clicked over to the Your Mileage May Vary uh, tab on TV Tropes. Ooh, controversial takes. Okay. No, this is this is very cringe. This entire oh my god entire section. So the the first of this is a nostalgia critic joke. Cool, cool guy. Because they, so, they say big lipped alligator moment. The witches run uh-huh. into Gollum early in their quest before Granny hits him with an oar. This is never mentioned again. Yeah, why would it be? Mm-hmm. It was a it's a Terry Pratchett book. <laughs> it's and just it was a, a joke. That's just how he does his book. It's just a joke, like... mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, Janosch, can you just say the word tosser for me, please? Tosser. Thank you. <laughs> just because you said mate in that last in that last sentence mate. and I just suddenly thought about what British Janosch yeah, would be just, like. Yeah, he's just having a laugh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then there's the next, the next entry on this is hilarious just in hindsight. Um... Uh-huh. And this is yeah. what's hilarious. Oh my god, these are all very well. Three of these are very cringe. The first one is something we said, so that's objectively correct. So it says <laughs> the idea of a dictatorship presented as a warped version of Disney World and an evil fairy godmother predicts the plots of the first two Shrek films. Oh well, yeah, then that is true. Yeah. Predicts. No, you didn't say that. Predicts. Yeah. <laughs> Pratchett is sealed somewhere in his vault. Is his a letter? You open it up, and he goes. It's a prediction from the 90s that one day they will make a big movie about uh, an ogre. Mm-hmm. But this just gets worse, because yeah. the next... the next. I'm going to make uh, a YouTube video that's titled How Terry Pratchett Witches Abroad Predicted Shrek, and it's all in all caps, and then the thumbnail oh, you're is a gonna... picture of the Josh Kirby like, boobs, and then Shrek, but Shrek is circled with a big red circle. You're going to laugh how... Uh, how uh, all the other things that he predicted... Because the next bit is, now Disney's actually made a movie set in New Orleans, featuring oh. a Baron Samadhi lookalike, and a voodoo witch who sees the future in her gumbo pot, and a magical frog slash prince transformation. That God, is so it's almost like New Orleans has a culture. Yeah. <laughs> no, but see, it's it has been referencing fairy tales like Disney, because because Disney is the only... 
the only connection you have with fairy tales, obviously. For sure. So this is very hilarious that this happened. Then the next is... Now... (laughs) I don't know how many of you have seen this TV show. No. (laughs) From from the... My favorite country, Britain. (laughs) That was filmed in... My favorite part of Britain, Wales. Because the next bit here is... Uh Grebo always wanted to be Ginger... (laughs) Okay. Is that supposed to be a reference to something? <laughs> That's the thing Doctor Who says in Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh. It is. Oh. I hate Doctor Who. Yeah, but he's. He, <laughs> oh my god. How is that a. That's not a prediction. <laughs> oh, Terry Pratchett predicted this throwaway line from Doctor Who <laughs> after. He oh did. my god. I think I hate You predicted TV it. I think I'm going <laughs> to hack them. Like from the movie Hackers. I'm going to do that to them. You joke, but actually my TV Tropes account was hacked and they did um, send me an email threatening to tell people about um, the pornography I was watching on TV Tropes. <laughs> what? This pornography what? on TV Tropes? No, but it's like an automated oh, message where okay. they're like, we have your password and we're going, unless you send us money, we're going to tell everyone about your crimes. And then they show you your password. And it was my specific TV Tropes password because it was my normal password with the words... Um, TV tropes at the oh, end. Oh, that's very clever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, damn, this is... I can't believe someone is going to expose my TV tropes <laughs> <laughs> account to the world. Honestly, yeah, that's more cringe than pornography being... Uh... Yeah, just just tell me... Just tell everyone the other stuff. That would be better. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind if people see the porn I've been watching, but I'd, I'd hate if they, <laughs> they see the cringe I've been reading on TV tropes. <laughs> yeah, if they if they see that I've spent, like... Hours of my life reading through the American Horror Story <laughs> TV tropes page. <laughs> then I don't know how my reputation will recover. Um, whereas if they if they see um, hot hot Minotaur sixty nine, then that would be like better for my reputation. Yeah. Hot milfs compilation. <laughs> two hours yeah <laughs> hey remember how uh Gribo is pretty sexy right human Gribo? we yeah. all agreed on that yeah i i want you to i want you to remember this because the next like the final bit on hilarious in hindsight is Gribo's human form looks hilariously like you're on gray joy i'm i'm oh going my God. to turn my recording off i <laughs> <laughs> this is causing me pain I'm suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does it like you're Stop a great joy. Oh good. my god. Okay. There's a there's another tab that is I don't know what WMG stands for. Uh Wild Mask Guessing. Okay. This says like Voldemort's Horcruxes, Lily Weatherwax's power amplification of the mirrors sapped her sanity. I'm what? going to die. That how is it I'm <laughs> That's not anything. The different stories. Like a book that was written like 20 years after this one or 10 years after this one. Their powers do vaguely similar stuff, but also not really. I'm going to die. Um, Learn about structuralism. Yeah. I think. Learn about about post-structuralism. Learn about how stories are like recycled <laughs> mm-hmm. no one has ever had an original thought uh, <sighs> i have <laughs> thank you tv trope <laughs> yeah 
Um, when I yeah. okay. when I asked someone for a cup of tea the other day, it predicted <laughs> someone in the future saying, "Can I have a cup of tea?" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> If you think about it, uh, wild mouse guessing, that cup of tea could have been coffee, and we wouldn't know. A damn fine yeah. cup Look. of coffee at that. Um, <laughs> Look, I found yeah. these two points. There's there's a straight line in between them. You're there connecting them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's just media criticism. I just want you to know one last thing, because there's also a tab for <laughs> funny. I'm not going to okay. read them out, but this, this is... The is last- one. The funny tab is just repeating jokes from the book, That's but what less we do. good. We'd That's never we do, do that. Uh... Yeah, that's not something we do on this podcast. Never. Never. Just read the jokes uh, out and say that was a good joke. <laughs> People need to know what the yeah. good jokes are, because otherwise they might think of the bad jokes when they're trying to think of but the good jokes, and we're informing them what the good jokes are. I, I'm trying to understand the appeal of... of um, TV tropes now because you don't need to read the book. You can just read the TV trope site, and you're gonna read all the funny jokes and also all the Doctor Who references. So, yeah, and this is why I would go on and read every single entry for uh-huh. American Horror Story. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I think we're gonna bring it to mm-hmm. a close. For I, I die, I have to be. And George I is also suffering. Awake at six tomorrow for work. Oh my so god! I'm starting to get right. okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. That I made okay, it okay, so we're right. gonna... No, it's okay. Like this is about how late I'd be falling asleep normally, if not. Cringe like, podcaster has failed job. Cringe <laughs> podcaster, my yeah. failed job. I, yeah, I normally go to sleep at around one, and I always have like five hours sleep, and then I nap after work. It's a terrible, terrible schedule. Anyway, uh, you should <laughs> yeah. fix that. Um, this has been Who Watches the Watch, and next week, obviously, we are reading small gods as we've been talking a lot about and we're all very excited mm-hmm. to do that I, I might start tomorrow because it's yeah. good though i'll forget what happened. i have already um, bought the book so i'm nice oh hell yeah i love reading my shredded copy <laughs> <laughs> it really enhances the experience but you know if you want more of this you can donate to our patreon at one currency a month and get all our bonus stuff which involves you know just some fun episodes and also our very good book that we're writing called Heartspell. We write a chapter every week and then we record us reading it out and it's very humorous. It's really funny. Um, and I might, I think at one point I might release like the first chapter to like, you know, so people yeah. get taste. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe for, not maybe become, as a Christmas uh, friends treat. become addicted to Heartspell. <laughs> uh, you love it. Um, I have friends who just. Read, like listen to those episodes and not these episodes and they love it um <laughs> damn but if you want to donate more then you can donate five currency and get a shout out in this podcast now like these people like these people let me <laughs> thank you to our uh rinse flower stan tier supporters which are gigantic larry yes slime simon yeah boyfriend of the show tom aka See. Hank the Tank aka future vampire mm-hmm. of the show <laughs> I mixed up the order I'm sorry uh, Justin Crandall yeah Milk Succubus duh mm-hmm. Evan DM yep and Rise and Grind memes for side hustling <laughs> teens yes yeah that is you yeah. Lucy what? you're rising and grinding cause you're oh, I am I am rising and grinding tomorrow at my full time job <laughs> as a receptionist I, I love to have um, I love to have like um, 
one friend who actually has a real job who I can reference. <laughs> I literally, I'm I'm singing the Dolly Parton song, but I'm I'm singing work. Yeah, exactly. Half seven to half three. What a way to make. What a, a way to make a living. I can um, finally understand what it references because I have working friend. I have yeah. full time job friends. Yeah. Yeah, before, didn't know, but now, yeah. do you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to finish this so Lucy yeah, can sleep. You. Um, <laughs> you can join our Discord if you want and chill or whatever, but if you do, you have to be nice. We're always nice. We're always lovely to people on the Discord, and I do want to again stress that we are friends with Desert Island Discord. They're a good yeah. podcast. Um, I just We They're just cool. don't like Patrick Rothfuss. We just hate Al Patrick Rothfuss, and if he's listening to this, he should get better <laughs> as a person um al knows this he did like tweet at us uh when he interviewed him which i thought was very funny and literally made my entire life yeah, yeah. So, look um, you have an open invitation uh to come on our show if you want or get us on your show uh, i know i know you usually i would love to know how you'd adapt to this format. i know you usually uh talk to famous people but like we're basically famous at this point. We have 13 yeah. patrons, so. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty, you know, not to not to brag about being an international podcast group with 13 patrons, but yeah. pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Just like Pat Rothfuss. Um, yeah, so until then, we will see you next week. Next week. And Beyond Strong in the Arm is my uncle, Ife. He's our uncle. He's my fairy godmother, actually. Yeah. Um, Granny Weatherwax uh, says fuck yeah. turfs. She she does. Oh yeah, Granny Weatherwax says fuck the Guardian. She really does. Granny Weatherwax says Granny stop Weatherwax reading the Guardian. Yeah. Says burn your copy of the Guardian. <laughs> Sincerely, if you're a transphobe, um, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, and you should feel bad. Um, Stan Nigel, Stan Nigel, Stan yeah. Weatherwax. If you're subscribed Stan, to the Guardian, you're also need to give us at least as much money as you give to the Guardian. So or just or to just us. To us. us. <laughs> yeah, just don't give them any. <laughs> Just mm. don't give them money. It's really easy. Um, it's actually better for you. Yeah. Sub- yeah, better for everyone. Subscribe to Hating the Guardian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to Ideals instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next week and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details